listening to Bleeding Page Podcast. Join authors Chad Lutsky and Jason Brandt as they delve into writing and publishing the dark side of fiction. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7, I believe it is, of Bleeding Page Podcast. Uh, Tonight we have author and kind of entrepreneur, I guess. He does some other cool stuff, Zach Bohannon. And we're going to get to that interview in a little bit. But first, I wanted to briefly talk about, um, I, I think it was last week or the week before. I don't even remember if we recorded it. I talked about, I think we, had, we did record it, a trilogy that I wanted to write, like an I Am Legend meets Walking mm-hmm. Dead kind of thing. And initially, that was supposed to be like a kind of dark romance, dark romance kind of um, thing, which I guess is called family saga. I didn't even know that term. Like a um, soap opera-y kind of thing. All right. And then I found out the term family saga. And so after trying to figure out um, what I wanted to do with this trilogy and did I want it to make horror, did I want to really do this I Am Legend thing, I'm still back and forth. No idea what I'm doing. Um I just know that I want lots of, I want deceit, I want drama, and I want a little bit of romance, like will they, won't they kind of stuff. And if there's no horror element into it, that's fine with me. I just want, I'm a big fan of drama, like especially indie drama, especially if it gets kind of dark. And um, I I have been watching, um, uh, I'm not going to say what show it is, because I'm probably going to be ripping some stuff off from it, but <laughs> it's a show from the set, not like ripping off, but you'll be able to tell that I'm influenced a show from the seventies <laughs> that was, um, considered a, I guess, uh, primetime soap opera, I guess very popular. Never saw it before when it was on, my mom would watch it, but, um, the writing is really, really good. And I was surprised how good this show is. And I understand why it got so popular. But that's initially what gave me the idea of coming up with my own. Like, I could see these being really entertaining books. Um, And that's kind of what gave me the idea of doing, like, a drama thing. You know, there's just a little bit of romance in here. But it's a lot of, like, you can't wait for the... You can't wait to see the antagonist, like, get his or get hers. You know, they're just complete a-holes. The kind of people that you love to hate. And I like writing that kind of stuff. I like reading that kind of stuff and the, those moments where, you know, they finally get theirs and I wanted to do something like that. So I still, I guess I'm just reporting here. Um, I thought I would kind of like briefly log whatever I, hopefully uh, by this time next year, I'll be able to say, yeah, I've written these three books and this is what I decided to settle on is this and for all I knew, it could turn into fantasy. I don't know, man. I just I want to do something that's a little bit more writing to market. And I don't know that Family Saga, I'm torn between doing a Family Saga because there seems to be a, a real small niche. Like if you type that into Amazon, not a lot of stuff comes up. So I don't know if it's if that's good because there are people who love that and there's not enough of it. Because sometimes that can be really good as opposed to you know, something that's, that's, uh, but then again, the, if, if you want to make real money, um, you do romance and there's more of that than anything. So yep. yeah. I don't know. The market man. is not oversaturated in anything. 
You just got to yeah. figure out how to crack it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the family saga thing. The, plus, my biggest component for this is um, how much fun is something going to be for me? You know, like I wrote a vampire thing. I had fun like determining my own vampire rules for that book that was supposed to be series. By the time I got done writing the first book, uh, I wasn't not having fun and I didn't like the whole rules kind of thing and, and trying to come up with a history of all this kind of stuff and sticking to these rules and remembering the, the vampire rules that I had um, and just writing real life, which is what I usually write anyway, appealed to me more. So no idea what I'm doing. But I can tell. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the news is you want to write a series. But I want to write a series. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't want to write. Uh, I just want it to be a trilogy. I don't know, man. We'll see. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm always talking about, yeah, I'm writing this book next. And this will be out in spring. And the next thing you know, something, other idea pops up and I jump on that first. Or yep. I get the opportunity to write with somebody else. And, and then so we tackle that first. And so if I ever say um, that uh, this book, you know, that I'm working in this doesn't mean, don't believe me. You'll If it's on Amazon and I send a link on social media, then you know it's really for real. Even if I've shown a cover, it doesn't mean a thing. Unless I've given you a, a release date. Because I showed the cover of the second Neon Owl book last year, and I'm only a tenth of the way into writing that. So <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> okay. They'll be out when they're out. All right. So uh, my website saga, my website came back up randomly after being down for two weeks. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. I'm still going to be transferring it to Squarespace, but the immediacy of the problem is not what it was. So I'm right. hoping I can get by a little longer here before I start working on that. So I don't, I don't wow. know. Well, yeah. Well, that's good, man. You don't yeah. have to. So I don't... Did, you, did you just go to the website and check and it was up or? Yeah. Literally what happened. <laughs> so That's weird. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into it because it would, I would end up uh, dragging someone's name through the mud and I don't want to do that. So, uh, the transition's going to happen, but once it starts, I'll go into it here and let everyone know how it goes. You're talking about Hunter Shea, aren't you? Yeah. Piece of crap. <laughs> All right. So, um, Zach Bohannon did an awesome interview with him discussion. Um, he had lots, like, like everybody that's been on here so far, lots of insight, um, on what the things that they did that's working for them, what they're currently doing, things that haven't worked for them. The one thing that we didn't talk about, um, for those who are expecting is bitching about social media. So that's right. No <laughs> complaints uh, about social yeah. media, except I found out at the end it's because he doesn't have it. Right. <laughs> so. Well, and why doesn't he have it? Because I, I'm yeah. guessing because it sucks. Yeah. Because in, yeah. So, uh, Zach Bohannon, he writes post-apocalyptic science fiction, horror thrillers, as well as nonfiction books for authors. He's the host of his own uh, podcast called Creator Dad Podcast, and he's a co-host of Writers Inc. alongside authors Jay Thorne and J.D. Barker. Uh, where they on that on that podcast, I listen to both of them, but that one in particular, they've interviewed uh, well-known authors like James Patterson, Blake Crouch, Lee Child, Nicholas Sparks, uh, Dean Koontz, um, and Zach is also the co-host and co-organizer along with Jay Thorne of author events and workshops such as Authors on a Train, which is, I've never been, but really cool idea. Yeah. And the Career Author Summit. 
So I, I've known Zach for seven or eight years now. Um, great guy. We, I recently hung out with him, like I said, on his uh, Creator Dad podcast. Had a great discussion. Um, one of the best discussions I've had on a podcast because it wasn't just all about I me. Mean, we, we talked about a lot, a lot of really cool things. Um, I'll post a link to that in the show notes and in the YouTube video at the bottom. And would encourage you to check out the, that podcast and Writers Inc. Um, and go check out his many post-apoc series that he has available on Amazon um, or not on Amazon right now, right? Or no, they're all all they're all on Amazon. Yeah, we yeah, get into KU. why he's in KU. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, uh, Writers Inc. Particularly if you're looking for um, inspiration and encouragement, um, they got good camaraderie on there. It's a great podcast. So um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, here's our interview with Zach Bohannon. Get a lot written today. Yes. Zach Bohannon. Thanks What's for coming, up? man. Thank you for coming. We just hung out two months ago, something like that. On your... Has it been two months, really, since we did my podcast? Maybe a month. I, I wow. really don't know. No, it may be two months. It just doesn't feel like time, time is flying, so it yeah. just doesn't feel that way. But it was a very cool conversation, much different than what we're going to have today, but it was great talking about stuff I don't normally get a chance to talk about. I'm I'm not just I, I told you this in an email and I'm not just telling you this because you're here now, but it was one of my top two or three episodes I've done for real. Nice. Like just because you know it, uh, it we we teetered on controversy a little bit, but I think that mm -hmm. sometimes having those conversations that people are scared to have can be like I don't know. Like I felt there were parts in our conversation where I felt uncomfortable and vulnerable, and but I yeah. think that's a good thing. Me too. You yeah. Know? Jesus, what did you guys talk about? <laughs> This we talked Chad, about right. We talked about trigger warnings and and stuff like that, and it was like the type of stuff when you have a like you know you got to kind of skirt around the bush a little bit, like you want to be careful. But we just kind of went for it, and it was good. Yeah. So we asked some really big questions that I think a lot of people don't necessarily ask around those topics. So you know, yeah, and and the dangers of raising your kids with the internet and and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was cool. We talked yeah, about a lot of cool we stuff. talked about a little bit of writing. Yeah, <laughs> we got that in there too, in music. But tonight, yeah. that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. And um, so you, I guess my first question would be, um, now you write zombie fiction and post-apocalyptic fiction. Uh, you have some standalones, like straightforward, more straightforward horror stuff. But I know that you're, now does your passion lie in post-apoc fiction or... Are, is it because you're very aware that writing in a series and writing something like that is, um, it's profitable? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's both of those. Um, and so, so with me, I, I originally started out with the intention that I was going to be a horror writer. So that's why I have, you mentioned I have a few standalones that, um, and they're like straight up like horror thriller type things, supernatural. And cause those were early. Um, my first book I put out was called empty bodies and it was a, it's a zombie book and I intend it to be a series, but I didn't really understand at the time that that was its own genre like that zombies was kind of like its own thing. Mm -hmm. I thought I was writing a horror novel 
And then I got into it and realized, oh, this is like a whole thing that, that, that goes on. So when that book took off and did really well when I released it, which I was very fortunate of, it was a, um, you know, it was, it was really, I feel like a timing thing in a lot of ways. I mean, it mm -hmm. was, it's a good story, but it's not the best written book, mm -hmm. but it was my first thing I put out, you know, and of course. I had, it was yeah. edited well and stuff, but, um, but it also came out like at the, as the walking dead was going up, mm -hmm. like at like getting towards the height of its popularity. And I think it was just a mix of a lot of things. And, um, so I did that. I, I wrote a couple of horror novels in between, but then I started really focusing on my brand of the post-apoc stuff like zombies. Um, but I, I really call myself a post-apoc writers cause I, I writer cause I have a bunch of different types of post-apoc stuff and I have ideas for them in the future. Uh, and, and I've always liked that stuff. Like I've always been a fan of end of the world stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. since, um, you know, I, I, I used to be obsessed with like revelation. And at one point when I was in a band, I wrote a whole concept album, like the lyrics that were all based around revelation. Um, I I've always been into just like imagining what the end of the world would be like if it yeah. happened, uh, video games, movies, all, all that stuff. So it was, it's, it's really was natural for me to want to write that genre, but I kind of stumbled into it on accident at the same time, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that um, I've thought about writing it before and, I, you know, maybe I will one day. I don't know. But um, there's something about, um, of course, it would be scary uh, to, to you know, live in a world like that. But at the same time, I remember watching the first time I saw Dawn of the Dead and they were in a mall and they yeah. just they had the mall to themselves. And I thought that is kick ass, man. That's 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 awesome. See, so and I to, love those scenarios. I, yeah. I like the the thinking about those types of things and like the the claustrophobic, like empty bodies is about, you know, the, the, that originally came out of the idea of um, it was just going to be a short story called The Warehouse. Mm -hmm. And it was it was this guy stuck in a warehouse by himself and there were zombies, you know, and and the idea of being somewhere alone. Um, and, uh, you know, I love that. Like the the uh, you mentioned the mall, like one of my I, I will go down youtube and google rabbit holes of like abandoned malls and abandoned mm -hmm. amusement parks and stuff that's like the easiest way for me to waste my time is going so like yeah the idea of having a place like that to yourself is really fascinating and one reason i love that movie yeah and 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 the, those aren't abandoned malls i mean they're packed yeah. full of you know stuff for sure. in them yeah so yeah and and i just remember in there even when they're in there there's even scenes where it's romanticized because this is like, I mean, they're, you know, they're having fun inside there. The the music is like, uh, yeah. you know, the music's kind of bright for the, for the, to lift the mood and they're having fun going from store to store and getting all this stuff and ammo and, you know, checking all this stuff. And I thought, man, that looks, it's like a big fort, you know, it's like I just, a giant I, fort. <laughs> and, and the book I'm working on now, um, I just, I'm saying it to my editor tomorrow, actually dead war, which is the sixth book in my dead South zombie series. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, uh, my it, part of it takes place in Atlanta or they're in Atlanta in this book. And I don't know how familiar with you guys are with Atlanta, but there's actually the, um, the Atlanta underground, um, which is like an underground mall in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Um, oh. so I, I actually have a camp and like a bunch of characters who took that up as their place at the end of the epoch and kind of explored it and stuff. I almost, I was going to drive there actually for this book. Cause I'm about four hours away. 
Um, I was going to drive there and go do research because I haven't been there in years, but I think it's under construction or something right now. So I didn't get to go, but uh, yeah. So I had fun with that concept in this book I'm working on. So how many post-apocalyptic series do you have? Um, I think five or six. I think there's, uh, there's three, there's three trilogies that I wrote with Jay Thorne. We actually wrote four, but we uh, just unpublished one um, for reasons I won't get into on here. Um, and then I have empty bodies. Um, and then I'm working on dead South, which is going to be, uh, nine books. I believe I'm, I'm p- publishing six in April. So, um, yeah, so I think that's it. <laughs> how, how do you come up with new interesting ideas in the, cause I, I have six books in my series mm-hmm. and each one I'm like, okay, I really have to think of a way to make this feel a little different and come up yeah. with some kind of new issue. I mean, that's a lot of books in the same genre. Yeah, it is. I mean, now when you say, when you say do something different, are you talking about different than you've done before or different than other people have done? Me. Yeah. Me. Okay. I gotcha. I don't yeah. give a shit what other people. Yeah, I was going to say, those are two different conversations <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add. Um, it can be hard and some ideas do get recycled from other series or, um, I will just, um, gradually change something or something like that. But, but I don't know. I just keep trying to think of crazier and crazier scenarios to put these characters in, you know? Um, and one of them I had to, in one book in the series, they need to get into a jail. Um, and, and another, and, and, you know, now I just had this whole thing with them and, um, these last two books have taken place in Atlanta and all this stuff going on there. Uh, it's not easy, <laughs> but, uh, I just keep, you know, just keep trying to think of, of different, different scenarios to put these characters in. And more importantly, like, uh, what, what really crazy things can I get them out of? So are the reasons for the zombies and the rules that you've laid down in your series, are they the same making each series almost like a spinoff or do you have different apocalypses going on? Uh, so they're all pretty much different. I mean, they are, all, they, these are all different scenarios. So like empty bodies, um, and dead South, for instance, do not exist in the same universe. Um, and you know, there's some crossover stuff that we do, you know, we, we pull some of the Stephen King things, you know, sometimes like, mm-hmm. um, for instance, in dead South, um, there is a motorcycle club that is, that is they're pretty main characters. Uh, and it's a group called Los Muertos. And that same motorcycle club is in me and Jay Thorne series, Baron. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're actually, he came up with it <laughs> and, and I've, and now I have them in this just like, there's some overlap like that and some Easter eggs for people. Uh, but, but the, the zombie infection in this compared to dead South is like, or, uh, compared to empty bodies is completely different. Like empty bodies was more of a supernatural thing. Um, the zombies were slow, uh, it, it was a much different now with these, it's just more like it's, it's a virus that's, that is transmitted by bites. These are fast zombies. Um, it, it, it's a different sort of thing. So mm-hmm. always okay. zombies or have you created your own thing for one of these? Um, yeah. So like the, the, those two series are zombies. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, we also, me and Jay Thorne wrote the final awakening series, which is vampires. Um, and it kind of our own spin on vampires is not just like a normal, what you would think like there's, so we, we went a little bit different path with that. Um, uh, we had our War for Earth series, which was um, which is an alien invasion series, uh, and then we had Baron, which is Baron has no sort of supernatural creatures at all. That's just like a far future post um, okay. which is really honestly what I really like writing. Um, I really like I really um, 
like writing just future, like more realistic without the super, like without a zombie or something. But um, that I also have to think commercially and what sells because this is my full-time job. So, um, you know, I have to, it's, uh, there's a balance between taking risks and doing what I'm pretty sure can make money. Um, so like with dead South, I wasn't even going to write a zombie series again. I mean, I, I kind of was done with that, but I was in the shower one day and I had this idea of just a, a character came to me and it, I just got done watching. Uh, and I think this will kind of answer your question too, about coming up with stuff that's different or whatever to write. Um, but I just got done watching the Punisher on Netflix um, which if either of you guys have seen that, like I'm not a big superhero Marvel person, but that series is amazing. Like it's slightly violent. It's pretty violent, <laughs> but, um, but I loved that character and I, 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 I loved like how he was tortured and you know, like uh, spiritually and like mentally tortured by what had happened to him. And um, I had this idea. I was like, man, what if a guy like that was in a zombie apocalypse and he had like lost his family and every day his existence was just like he lived in this cabin out in the middle of nowhere. And every day he just goes out and like just for no reason, just finds zombies and hunts them and bashes their brains in with a baseball bat, like with uh, ho eventually hoping that one of them will kill him. And um, because he's basically living for nothing. And that's where it started. Um, ironically, John Bernthal is in both those shows. <laughs> He's in Walking Dead and uh, The Punisher, because that was kind of my idea was like The Punisher meets The Walking Dead. Um, but then it grew out like it, it, it became its own thing. John South became his own character. Um, but the basis was thinking about like The Punisher in The Walking Dead world. Um, and it grew out from there and has, has been a, it's it really re-energized re me with writing zombies. And it, it's been a ton of fun. OK, that's it, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. I do, I do want to note for listeners that, uh, Zach, all your stuff is self-published. Um, now, have you, um, have you ever considered writing a book specifically for either landing an agent or for uh, traditional publishing? Yes. Um, so kind of where I'm at with that right now, because as you said, I am independently published. The only, the only contract I have for anything is um, I sold audio audiobook rights for final awakening um so the tantor media owns the audiobooks rights for um for final awakening um but yes so kind of the um the position i'm in right now is i have a couple of ideas for like standalone books that i would love to shop to an agent um the position i'm in now <clears throat> is kind of trying to buy my time in order to do that. So like I'm, I'm right now I'm focused on finishing dead South. Um, I want to get this series done uh, and kind of see where I'm at and have all these different, you know, then I'll have like another long series of books that I can really just focus on getting people into that first book and selling their way through, get a box set out, you know, just promote it um, and, and have kind of like more steady income coming in. Um, so that I can afford to take time to write like a standalone book. And I have a couple of ideas. Um, I need to chat with some people like JD specifically, uh, JD Barker, <clears throat> who co-hosts Writers Inc. with me is, you know, he's traditionally published, co-writes with James Patterson, you know, co-wrote a, um, 
official Dracula sequel with Bram Stoker's great grandnephew. Like he knows a little bit about traditional publishing. So mm -hmm. I want to get some of his advice on, on what the, what that path would look like um, and kind of go from there. So I say all to say um, when I'm done with dead South, I'm going to kind of look at where I'm at and I have my idea for my next series. I want to write, but I also do want to look at doing something traditional. I may work on both at the same time. I might make like the, the standalone traditionally published novel, a uh, kind of like a B project. Mm -hmm. um, but I just have to kind of see where I'm at. You know um, I'm going through, uh, I've kind of some transitions in my personal life and stuff that are also affecting it. So um, my decisions. So we'll just see. We'll see what happens. Well, it, it kind of surprises me because um, you're in a position where, you know, you had a stable job and you got into a position where you were able to quit that job and live um, like Jason and live off from your books. So knowing that something traditionally published, uh, that you're going to be forking over uh, a lot of that money that you would normally get and also that you won't see the book for, you know, years. Uh, um, and, and knowing that you, everything that you know, I find it interesting that you, like, what is it that you think that you're going to gain from uh, doing this, um, having a standalone book that's traditionally published? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, for one, it's, as we know, it's a big if, like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I know Jay, Jay loves to say, you know, um, uh, you can, you can choose to self-publish and independently publish. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to pursue an agent. Like yeah. a lot of people say they choose to traditionally publish. Well, that's not your choice. Yeah, no. It's not. <laughs> so um, the stuff that I, the way I look at it. So there's a couple of, there's a couple layers to your question, like a couple layers to the answer. So mm -hmm. for one, it's, it is, that's part of the reason why I'm buying the time because I know it's going to be a long process. Yeah. Um, and another reason why I'm thinking it could be end up being like a B project um, but the way I look at it is the worst case scenario is that n it doesn't get picked up by anybody and I just independently publish it. Yeah. It's going to be in my genre. Um, you know, it most likely, um, that's the, the two big ideas I have that I could see being traditionally published are both post-apoc. Um, so they're, but they're more like literary sort of ideas. Um, so uh, that's one layer to your question. The other, the other layer is, um, I feel like a lot of people look at traditional versus indie as like an either or decision. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it, this is just one book. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old. I'm, I'm, I plan on doing this for a really long time. And, you know, just cause I like, this would be one book in my catalog that would be in now and could bring me opportunities to do it again later or independently publish if I want. Like I would, I, I want to have the options to be hybrid. Um, I, you know, I've published around 35 books. I, um, and I, I kind of feel like I'm at a point where I know there's people I'm not reaching by uh, there's readers who don't know who I am, who've mm -hmm. never heard of me um, because I most primarily sell on Amazon and you know, who, who aren't going to find me there because they're walking into bookstores and shopping for like, they're finding books in other ways. Um, so I want to read, like, I want to reach those people. And, um, I feel like it can give you more opportunities to move into other mediums like movies and stuff. That's not always the case. Like there's a lot, there's in, especially now with all these streaming services and people needing content, it's very possible to get noticed and stuff as well. But, um, 
but yeah, it's, and, and, you know, honestly too, there's kind of a vanity ego part of it too, that I just want to see if I can do it. I want to see if I can break through, Mm -hmm. get an agent and like be able to walk. Like I walked into a bookstore the other day and saw JD, one of JD's books sitting on the shelf. And JD is one of my best friends in this industry and someone I've become really close to. And I'm like, I want that. (laughs) I want to walk in and see this. So, um, that's my whole thing. I mean, cause you know, again, like the way I look at it is, you know, if, if I do get a deal and I do Trish, that doesn't mean I'm a traditionally published author from here on out at that point. Like I'm yeah. going to write a lot of books and I'm going to be able to, you know, but I, but it would give me, it could potentially give me an option to go that route mm-hmm. to be able to sell a book or a series to an agent or a publisher. So. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And all of everything that you said, yeah, I, I agree with. And those are all reasons why, I mean, I personally think um, being a hybrid is uh, valuable because of that extra little reach, especially if you have a back catalog. And so if you can, and if you're prolific and you're very prolific, so it's like, what's one more book? It's just a book. Exactly. You know, I'm not giving words. I'm not giving a seven book series away to, you know, a publisher that, and they're going to take half that. It's one book. We'll see what happens. And it's, uh, and if it doesn't happen, I'll just do what I was going to do with it in the first place. So yeah, that makes um, perfect sense. I have a book, right now that I submitted nine months ago to uh, Tor Nightfire for their uh, novella Open Call. And if I were to get that, um, uh, that's a kind of a game changer. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the book could have come out, you know, a year ago and I would have made money off of that by right now. But in, in if that happens, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it will. I mean, it's been nine months. It's supposed to take around nine months, I guess, but we'll see. And if it, my plan B was to self-publish it, but I have another opportunity, I think, where um, with a, a small advance and it's not a big five publisher or anything or, or affiliated with that at all, but um, there's an appeal of, you know, I have most of myself is self-published. I have like two books that aren't out of the like 16, I think that I have. And then two of them aren't. So it's like, it's like, time to use a different publisher also i should stress that at least from my own experience i think that if you're going to be a a hybrid at least with the smaller presses maybe spread that out because each press has their own um, audience and someone might not be aware of you at all so if you're going to do that and of course it's easier for me because i'm not writing 70,000 120,000 word books my stuff is you know just so short so um, it doesn't take me as long as it might take somebody to write, uh, you know, like the, your guys' stuff is much longer. So yeah, I, I totally, I, I, I agree with everything you said. And I think that, yeah, being hybrid, at least taking that chance and seeing what happens in plan B is just what plan A would have been, I guess, you know? Yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot of progressive agents out there now, like, uh, Kristen Nelson, who represents JD. Um, I, I know you talked to Josh Mallerman a lot. Like I, he, she's his agent as well. Um, uh, like she's totally cool with JD being hybrid. And we even tell him sometimes like, this is a better book for you to independently publish than mm-hmm. a sell. So, um, so there's, there's a lot of, uh, progressive agents out there who realize that. And, uh, and, you know, like even going back to what you're talking about with the time, like, yeah, it could take a year or two for one of my books to come out, but I'll just start writing a series independently publishing it while I wait, <laughs> yeah. you know, and 
Um, and also, you know, my, um, I, I, I'm a full-time author, quote unquote, but like, you know, I, that's not the only way I make money. I mean, you know, um, Jay and I do our events, you know, I, uh, I, I edit, I'm an editor. Um, I, I do coaching stuff like that. So like I have multiple revenue streams coming in, so I'm not solely dependent on, um, royalties either. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting. I wanted to ask about your royalties too, because you mentioned audiobooks. Um, my post-apocalyptic stuff does really well in audio for whatever reason. Um, is that a significant portion of your income? I need to talk to you because mine is not. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm actually working on that right now. So, um, I have a couple of friends of mine do really well with post-apoc audio. Um, like uh, one of the people I'm talking about is making like 25, $30,000 a month just in audio. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting you were, but like, and the other guy is not making that much, but he does really well. Suddenly, um, Jason's not making so much every month. I, I suggest you talk to them and not to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, my my audio money is not that much. Um, it, it's 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 very very low. Um, and uh, like under a thousand dollars a month. I'll just go ahead and tell you, like, it's not it's not so very significant. But I'm, but a lot of that is um. There's several reasons, but one one of the big things that I know is working for the people who are doing it is box sets, mm-hmm. um, it, it, and so I haven't really been able to do that because with empty bodies I did a um, royalty share. So if I do a box set on that series now, that starts a new seven year contract, right? And I'm gonna be get started. I'm gonna start getting the rights back for those books like in about two years. Not get the rights back, but the royalty share will start to go away for each book here. Cause I, I started publishing them in 2015. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess this year, actually, I actually, I need to go look at those contracts. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. So, cause it might be pretty soon. Um, cause you know, it's a seven year deal with your narrator. Um, but with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, uh, with dead South, um, I am paying for production on these outright. So um, I own them. I can do whatever. And I have the audio files. So once I get every book done audio, which is going to be a minute because it's not cheap, um, I'm going to box them up myself. And uh, by then I will have like a Kindle version of the box set. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to try to make my money that way because because I, I that's what I know is really working for audio right now. Yeah, the longer um, books I actually makes was a big just difference. I, what was that? The longer books makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. So if you have, and, and, you know, these, that's the other factors. A lot of my books are shorter audiobooks. So like empty bodies, those are short books. So each audiobook is only about five hours. Um, okay. and most people won't even start thinking about spending a credit unless it's about eight or 10 hours. Yep. But if you have, if I take all my dead and my dead South books, um, as well are pretty short. Um, but if you put all those in a one box set and you have a 60 hour, complete experience for somebody to spend a credit on. Well, that's really appealing for someone who's going to, they can, they're spending $15 a month either way on a credit. So they're, they can either get one book that's eight hours or they can get nine books that's 60 hours. And for a lot of people, that's going to be really appealing. Um, and I, I did just, uh, um, I did just get Tantor to agree to do a final awakening complete trilogy in audio, which I'm excited about. So nice. um, that comes out April 26th and I'm going to be excited to see how that does. So I've noticed, I still have more experimenting to do, but once you cross 20 hours, it seems you get a lot more natural 
mm-hmm. purchases and um, that sounds about right yeah right around because th- once i started boxing some of my stuff together it was like oh okay now people are spending credits yeah that's like <clears throat> some of my buddies are doing the like living and dying by the complete box set thing and they do like 99 cent on the kindle still which i have mixed opinions on but like they're doing well and then they're making a ton off the i like the doing that gets their audiobooks enough exposure where like mm-hmm. the audio money is just like balloon has ballooned up so um yeah there's just so many different things to look at with all this you know and different things to try so yeah how do you go sure. about how do you go about doing a box audiobooks uh, if you can you even do that if you have separate um uh narrators for different books well this um i uh, mine isn't so it's it's um i mean you could as long as you own the files it wouldn't matter um uh, as, yeah, as long I'd as you have the narrator too yeah i mean i mean i don't even know if it would matter cuz as long as you have the audiobook files um you would just like build it in acx you know just put mm-hmm. put put everything just you're just going to upload them one chapter at a time. So I don't, I don't think that really matters, but, um, but yeah. So if you're going to take your books off the royalty split deal, have you looked into the process of it? Because the it last sucks. I heard it was terrible. It's horrible. Um, so, uh, yeah, one, one of my buddies who I mentioned before was, uh, um, was, was had to do that recently and said it was just a nightmare. Like, cause and they don't you lose I, all your I, reviews, I, everything. Yeah. You can get your reviews and stuff moved over. The, the problem is, it, I think you, I'm pretty sure you can. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can keep your reviews and stuff, but they don't tell you when those contracts are up. ACX doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go outside ACX and like make a side deal with your narrator to even be able to do it. So it makes kind of, no sense. Which I think with my narrator, it's going to be fine because he's actually the same guy who is doing my Dead South series. So, which, um, which honestly, and I told him this, so I don't mind saying this, was part of the reason I hired him again. Because for one, we have a great relationship. But also, like, I figured that if I did that, it's going to be like, he, I've paid him a lot of money and, and stuff. And we have this good relationship where it'll be a lot easier for me to work that side deal out when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a big deal once the time comes to, um, to work that out and just get his name taken off everything. So... Do you know, do you have to re-upload the files? And Because the last I'd looked into it, you lost all your reviews. But if you can get them back now, that's amazing. I'm pr- I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure you can get them back. Um, the idea of losing hundreds and hundreds of reviews per book would just be devastating. Just it would. To try to resell <laughs> yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, I will find out for you for sure because my buddy just did this. I'll find out and, uh, and, and, and I'll get, it won't be on here, but I'll get back to you personally. And let you oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've been thinking about it because I have some books that they're up, but the idea of going through this process and losing all these reviews, I don't know financially if it's going to be beneficial to me or not. So I haven't moved on it yet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's possible. Like I, I know it worked out for my buddy who did it. So, okay. and he had a, ton of reviews so i'm pretty sure he got to keep them okay. um but uh now i'm tempted to text him right now and ask him but i won't do that. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll ask him and get back to you and let you know um i also wanted to ask i see is all your stuff in ku or just some yes um <clears throat> i believe i believe all of it is i'm trying to think because there's like a non-fiction book or two that i don't think are but I, i'm pretty sure all my fiction stuff is um my strategy, I guess this is still technically my strategy. Um, I went, I took, 
Um, for I'll, so I haven't been right now. Everything's in KU, but um, hold on, my daughter's walked in my room. Hold on. Hey, I'm recording a podcast. You better go. All right, I'll come back in a minute. Sorry, y'all no can edit that out. You don't even have to. How dare you? <laughs> but um, sorry, she's seven, folks. So she doesn't no worries. Man. My wife's yeah. in her mid thirties, and she just walked in. It happens. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> but um. So for a long time, my strategy was because I took my I took my whole backlist wide at one point. So like I took empty bodies and a bunch of other stuff wide at one point. And, and I, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to do it for six months and just see what happens. And th- that series and my standalone horror stuff ended up being wide for, I think, like two years. Um, and I, I gave it a great shot. It did. Pre- I mean, they did pretty decent. Um, but like I eventually was okay. I'm going to try going to KU again and see what happens. And my income just shot up after that again. So I was like, so for a long time, my, my deal was I'm going to release everything new in KU. And then once I feel like I've kind of sucked all the money out of it and my page reads drop significantly, I'll take those books wide which I still kind of feel that way, but I haven't taken anything wide in a while. Like I've really just been focusing on um, most of my stuff, except for dead South. I really, honestly, most of my focus is on box sets. Like I really just focus on promoting the box sets more than the individual books. Um, And, and so like, and getting those KU page reads and those is is nice. Are you Um, doing the advertising through Amazon ads or yeah i do most of it through ams i will put stuff on sale do mailing list swaps go for book bubs um you know do those sorts of things every few months um yeah it's, it's just all all that pretty much um so yeah so right now i am um there obviously are a lot of benefits to going wide and and in a, in a in a real in the in the perfect world i would be wide for everything like i would love mm-hmm. to be it's just I'm in a position right now in my life where I really need to uh, I need to maximize my my profits and my income. So and that's I'm getting that from KU right now. So no, that, been, that makes perfect sense. Go ahead, Chad. I've been mostly wide for the last six months and I have made nothing hardly at all. It's hard. It is that the only way I was able to make wide and this is pro- make money wide. This is probably part of your issue is doing book one perma free. Mm hmm. And just depend on people to download that book one for free and read through the whole series. Like that yeah, was, that was, plus how I don't have a series. Wide. So that doesn't, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah. benefit you at all. Yeah. That's what's made me, I've made a significant amount of money going wide, but it's been because of free, a uh, free first book. It yep. still works incredibly well everywhere, but basically Amazon. Yeah, it does. Um, the problem is right now, I'm, I ha- so I'm running another business that I'm putting more of my time into than writing all of my time right now, but I'm want to start spending more time writing and advertising and the idea of trying to advertise on Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Apple and Amazon and all these places, it's just, I don't know that I'm physically going to physically going to have the time. So I'm wondering if I should go all in on KU and then just learn AMS. And that's where all my advertising money goes. I hate abandoning readers at these other places. I'm just not sure. It's hard. Yeah. Financially, I feel like at this point it might make more sense and time-wise to just focus on one retailer. Have you thought about hiring somebody to do your advertising so you didn't have to mess with it? I have, but I don't know. Every place I've heard of that's doing well, I feel like I hear later that it was kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. Who was, uh, oh God, was it Russell Blake had 
someone he was yeah, working he with. He had a pretty but, bad experience. Yeah, and I'm just afraid of giving someone thousands of dollars a month. And then it's like, do they really know what they're doing? I don't know. I'd like to do that ultimately. That'd be great. Yeah. Just curious. But, like, I mean, because they're you do definitely have to vet them. But uh, I mean, I don't use anybody. I, I would love to, but I'm, I do it all myself right now. So if you find someone, let me know, because okay. <laughs> I, you know, I started learning BookBub, um, their ad system. And I was like, okay, what am I going to use this for? Kobo and Apple. Yeah. And then what am I going to use for Amazon? That's probably not going to probably have to use Amazon ads for that. So it's like, I don't know. There's a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of money to be made on these other retailers if you can learn how to effectively advertise there. But there's a big learning curve. It's just hard. It's just they they don't have those algorithms, you know? Yeah. So, and I have, you know, I mean, I love those other companies. Like I have, um, you know, we have a great relate. I, I have a great relationship with Kobo. Um, you know, they, they sponsor Writers Inc. And they have done, have sponsored a lot of our events. We've had... Um, Google play has sponsored our events. Um, you know, they're, I, I love those companies, you know, and, um, but it's just, again, it's, just, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to make money. And it, it's, it's a shame too, because I mean, they do some great things for authors, you know, and, and their platforms and are better than Amazon as from an author level and stuff. So, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully they continue to grow and get better. And I keep an eye on my, on that stuff all the time. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So, but for right now, fiction wise, I mean, it's just writing the genre that I, that we write in. It's just, it's, it's kind of, it's difficult to move away from KU. So. No, that makes sense. I might be joining you soon. I'm still, still <laughs> mulling it over. Yeah. One of the reasons why I decided to try too, cause I was, I was wondering if it was even, if page reads were even worth it for me because my stuff is so short. Um, I mean, there's a lot of it there and I see a lot of readers will read one and they'll read another and another and just wipe out the whole catalog. So that's nice. But at the same time, um, I was like, well, if I, I've got a book that's only 185 pages, um, am yeah. I, is it was it really worth it? But I'm probably going to um, I do have my most popular book uh, exclusive right now, just as a, as a kind of like um, with the hopes that that, you know, they would get that for free with Kindle Unlimited and then read that and then buy that catalog. But that experiment doesn't seem to, I don't know, I can't tell, you know. Have, have you ever boxed up a collection of your standalones? No, I was, I was just considering taking like maybe three of them and have like this uh, Grievers trilogy, you know, where it's just oh. like the kind of more, you know, the more somber, like grief horror type stuff and then have have that. Yeah, that I mean that could be a cool idea. Like and and especially um with with BookBub and stuff, you know, they really like as far as getting a feature deal, you know, they like a little bit longer books and they love collections. Mm. So it, it could be an opportunity for you to get like a, you know, get a, a horror BookBub deal with with that and, you know, sell a crap ton of books. So I might do that. I I did get a BookBub deal once for a Foster Homes and Flies. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I screwed it up and it ended up being only UK. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm. And, but I was accepted for, you know, you know, for the U S and I can't, I cannot remember what I probably the price didn't get changed on time or something. I think it may have been that. Yeah. Because I thought I changed all of the prices and I didn't. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. (laughs) It did suck. It did suck. I mean, they charge you for the U S Oh no! Anyway. Uh-uh, no. Okay. 
At least there's yeah, that. they will. They'll give you your money back. I would have been pissed. <laughs> yeah, that would have been horrible. So, um, Zach, with with post-apoc fiction being your main genre, is there any other genre that you? This is kind of a two-part question. So, is there another genre you would like to explore? And also, um, do you have an opinion on um, like potentially seeing post-apoc dying off at some point due to you know readers' desire to for escapism? But yet we're living in a world that we're living in right now that's really dark. And a lot of these books paint an ugly world that, that flirt with things like pandemic and societal division and threat of nuclear war or anything like that. You think that's going to, like, you know, kind of kill that, that drive for people to uh, um, want to read that? And have you considered writing in, in another genre? Well, 2020 and 2021 were by far my most profitable years publishing. So. Really? Well, that answers that, I guess. <laughs> so I don't think that, I don't think that that really had much of an effect, like COVID and stuff. If anything, I think more people may have wanted to read stuff like that. Um, but uh, and I know a lot of authors in the genre who did really well. So um, I, I I don't think so. I think people who love that stuff just love that stuff and it'll continue to grow. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great uh, post-apoc TV shows on the horizon, which I think are going to, is going to bring it up again um, <clears throat> that, that are coming. Uh, the last of us is going to be, I think is going to be mm. a huge hit with HBO, um, which of course, I don't know if either of you guys are gamers, but that's a, like one of Sony, the PlayStation's biggest game franchises. It's amazing story. And they're putting Game of Thrones level money in those episodes. So Mm. uh, some of the episodes they've spent like $15 million on. So um, that's coming. Uh, Wool is finally coming uh, after years and years of Hugh Howie. I didn't know that. uh, Yeah, that's being filmed right now. Yeah. Okay. We've actually had him on Writers Inc. a couple times to visiting the set and, and stuff and talking about it. So that's coming. Um, there's going to be a fallout TV show coming based off the video game. So there's, um, I, I don't think post apoc is going anywhere. Uh, and so, um, and I think stuff like zombies and all that, I think a cyclical, I think that they, you know, a big zombie thing will come out again at some point, just like vampires, and, you know, I'll have a bunch of books there that people can go read once it happens. And hopefully, you know, and they'll always be in my backlist. Um, as far as other stuff I want to write, uh, you know, I did write one straight up fantasy novel. I wrote like an ep- epic dark fantasy book, totally bombed um, <laughs> I, I, for various reasons. I think one of the biggest mistakes is I did not use a pen name. I was going to. And at the last minute, I got cold feet because I did not want to manage a second name. Um, it, it had nothing to do with me wanting my name attached to it. It was all, I didn't want another website, another mailing list, and I didn't want any of that stuff. And I think it screwed me um, because when that book came out, it was all the also bots for like zombie books and stuff. Yeah. So um, I like that book completely, it's the most expensive cover I ever bought and I don't think I've earned it back. So the money for the cover. Mm. Um, that said, I would love to take another crack at fantasy. And I have one of the potential series ideas I have for the next series. It's, it's actually what I want to write the most. Um, but I don't know if it's too risky or not. Uh, to do right now is actually post-apocalyptic fantasy. 
So it, it would be, um, it would take place on earth and be in the future and have, would have fantasy elements. Um, kind of like Terry Brooks, like he did mm-hmm. that, you know, with uh, the sword of Shauna Ra is like basically post apoc I mean, it's post apoc earth. So, um, but, um, but so fantasy is definitely one of them. Um, I, I, I really would like, and this is kind of in the same vein too. Like I really would like to do like cyberpunk. Um, I, I love cyberpunk stuff. So, um, and that's like a lot of that's dystopian. So it's in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about thrillers too. So, uh, I, you know, d- doing, doing thrillers. So there's definitely other things I want to do. So, but, uh, as I said, I'm kind of buying time to, to do other things I want to do. So I figure, uh, you know, at, at some point, maybe I can have enough income coming off my backlist where I can take some chances and do some other stuff. Like even if it's one book a year, I have one book a year where I kind of write whatever I want to write mm-hmm. and, and it, where I don't have to worry about if it makes money or not. So we'll see. Have you tried doing Amazon ads on that book that doesn't sell at all? Out of curiosity? Yeah. <laughs> just, can't, just can't get any traction. It, yeah. I just, I gave up on it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to sell. So it's, which is fine. It's okay. It was fun to write. Like, and people who've read it are like, man, this is like one of your best books. And I'm like, well, shit, maybe I should write fantasy. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, it just totally bombed and that's okay. Like it's, it's, it's one book out of everything I've done and it's in the past now. So. Now you used to, you collaborated quite a lot with, um, uh, Jay Thorne. Um, do you plan on collaborating again with him or anyone else in, in the future? Were you just going to hang out? I mean, I never say never. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jay and I, I would be surprised if he and I wrote another fiction book together just because um, his trajectory and what he's focusing on has changed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, We've kind of just taken different paths now. Uh, I have talked about collaborating with a couple other friends of mine. It's just right now we're all kind of focused on doing our own thing, you know, because it's, it's, there's advantages and disadvantages to it, you know, and, and one of the yeah. big disadvantages is you're giving up 50% of the royalties. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and more than that is the accounting aspect of that. The, you mm-hmm. know, who wants to do the accounting? Cause it sucks, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, unless you're going to go wide and you can use a tool like draft digital has where they split royalty payments automatically for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I could, you know, I never say never. Um, and there's a couple people that I'm I, I'm friends with who I'd love to write a book with. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see in the future. So, okay. I Here's have some... a collaboration book that hasn't been released. <laughs> so oh. that I don't know if it ever will, but um, we'll see. So, damn. Whole book, <laughs> whole finished book. That sucks. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> we, may, we may do something with it at some point. So. You want to get to uh, our last two questions? Sure. Of all the things you have done, be it advertising or, I don't know, anything you have tried to push your career forward, what would you say, what would you advise people not to do? What worked, the, you know, terribly? What went sideways on you? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I made a mistake years ago that, um, that I mean, someone could still make. But uh, uh, I remember, yeah, this can be my answer because this is still something someone could do. When empty, I remember empty bodies was just like was crushing it. Like it was, I think I think this was even before KDP 
switched to page reads. So it was still based on how many downloads you got in mm-hmm. KU. Um, I don't know if either of you guys remember that time. Oh, yeah. About, yeah, yeah, short story writers were crushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the the author only, the reader only had to get to like 10% of your book or whatever, and then you'd get a full credit yeah. or whatever for a borrow. Um, <clears throat> but I took, I list, I was way too... I was listening way too much to what other people were, were doing instead of just focusing on my own, what was working for me. And um, I ended up taking book one and making it perma-free in that series, but keeping the rest of the series in KU. And huge mistake. <laughs> because you have to treat Kindle Unlimited like its own marketplace. Like it is, it is its own marketplace. It's it's just like Kobo is different from Amazon, just like Barnes and Noble is different from Amazon. KD, KU to me is different than Amazon. It's 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 a totally different reader. KU readers don't give a crap about free books. If they come to your book and it's it's zero dollars on there, they're not gonna they're not gonna the chances of them downloading it because is whatever they're gonna go. Oh man, well, I'm paying ten bucks a month for this membership. I'm gonna go find a book that actually costs money that I can read for free, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, the book was wide, so it had to be on other platforms. So then you're getting downloads on Kobo and stuff, but people can't read book two or three or four or five or six because it's on Amazon exclusive. And by the time I realized I'd made that mistake, I'd already lost all the momentum. And when I put the first book back in KU, it just was never the same. Um, it, that, that one move probably cost me thousands of dollars. And, uh, so, um, I guess there's two things in there, like either be all in, if you're going to go to KU, like not, not like with a specific series, like don't play around with the first book or have other books. Like, no, either have all the series in there or don't like, if, if you want to, try to get more readers in, make that first book 99 cents. That's a low enough barrier where like you can get a lot of people into that. Um, but don't do the perma free thing. Uh, the other thing is um, don't overwhelm yourself with yourself with too much advice and in hearing too many strategies because it can get overwhelming mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it out there. And uh, but you have to really just, it takes some experimenting stuff, but if you have something that's working for you, then just leave it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well then what have you done that brought back uh, the best return? If you could pick one thing. I mean, this is honestly cliche, but just writing and releasing stuff. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm not a fan of um, this whole rapid release model thing that's going on. Like there's so many people that have the rat, like, the only way to make money in indie publishing is to put one book a month out. And I was actually just watching a video a little bit ago and, and um, about hustle culture and stuff. I honestly just think it's toxic and I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> but I think just consistently getting books out there and feeding your readers and, you know, getting my butt in the chair every day and writing and getting stuff out there. To me, that's that's the is the best thing you can do. Um, that, that's the best return for me. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's other factors like, um, I have a great cover artist. I know that makes a difference, you know, get real pay for good editing. Don't skimp on that. 
you know, a lot of people want to edit the book themselves or use pro writing aid or Grammarly or something or go on Fiverr. No, get a good editor. Like, you know, um, so good editing, have a good cover. Um, you know, if you're going to be on Amazon, have an understanding of keywords and stuff. I mean, knowing that stuff is really, really important. Um, and uh, those things combined with uh, just writing and releasing stuff as, as on a, as consistent, consistent enough of a basis that works for me and the lifestyle I want to live. Cause I don't want to sit in the chair and work eight hours a day. I didn't go to, I didn't go full time to work all the time. I have other things I want to do with my life, you know, and there's only so much I can do in a day anyway. So um, yeah, I, that's, that's my answer. If that makes sense. Outstanding. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You can get completely overwhelmed and think that, um, and this just goes, this goes outside for any kind of like, marketing or something sometimes the stuff that i i remember finding that out years ago when i tried to do in the perma free thing and stuff and then i realized over time and trying these different techniques and thinking about them all, all of these people are writing in a series and i'm not this yeah. is there's there's a this is different and they're having different experience or this is a different genre and stuff so yeah you just gotta for unfortunately for me i haven't found out exactly what you know, I'm, I never thought I'd make as much as I do now, yeah. but at, at the same time, I know that I could make much more and I would like to be able to do that and still have fun writing. But, um, that's the intersection you got to find though. Cause yeah. you don't want it. You don't want to do it and hate it. Yeah. You use the word toxic and, and yeah, it can, um, you make feel like you're competing. Like, uh, you know, how are these people doing this and, and I can't get this done. And then you just, you're not, you're not enjoying uh, writing at all and then all of a sudden this passion that you used to have that you were so happy doing is just this nine to five and yeah. you're sitting at this chair just stressing out about you know i gotta get this out i gotta hurry and i mean kudos to the people i know who can write five six ten thousand words in a day yeah that's not me and it's never gonna be no and no i'm not chasing that, that. <laughs> yeah because that's not i would be miserable if i did that yeah you know? I would be miserable. My whole family would be miserable because I don't have the uh, mentally. I just it's ex people don't um, people who don't write. I don't think realize that how exhausting uh, yeah. writing can be, especially if you're writing that that amount. At least for me to write, you know, five six thousand words or something like that every day. There's just no way, man. The That's most way too I much ever, for my brain. The most I've ever written in a day was like forty six hundred words, and I was exhausted. That that's about the most that I've ever written in a day too. Yeah, that was that was it. Like now I get I write like two thousand words a day, fifteen hundred to two thousand. I, I you don't even really keep track, honestly. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more about just showing up every day and making progress. So um, if that's a thousand words, cool. If it's you know some days it's like eight hundred words. Okay, yeah. cool. You know if it's two thousand twenty five hundred, great. You know, for me, it's about making progress and not beating myself up too much over it. All right. All right. Well, Jason, unless you had anything else. I'm tapped out. Good. That was a, it was a good, thanks Zach for all your help, man. And your, your insight and, uh, and being the martyr for us when you, when you lost those thousands of dollars and stuff so that we <laughs> don't make the same mistake. And, uh, it was good seeing you again. Um, Thanks for coming on. And I'm going to put links to Zach's stuff in the, into like his, his website and everything. All my social media. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Right. Well, just your website. I don't know. I'm just messing. 